Chapter 11, Stakeout. The following weeks passed rather quietly compared to Alfie's first day at Wormwald House. He had been very busy with homework, but still had managed to share a few more flights with Artan since the trip to London. Fortunately, they hadn't seen any trace of the creatures that had attacked them during summer vacation. Alfie was starting to believe Robin could be right. Maybe they had flown too close to an eagle's nest. October was a hectic time. Lessons and rehearsals for the school play were in full swing. Preparations for winter were underway at the Merryweather Farm, and the twins' birthday was drawing close. Alfie had to make excuses to avoid them for a few days so that he could finish working on their present. On the morning of their birthday, he presented each of them with his homemade gift over breakfast in the farmhouse kitchen. A first edition of the terrific trio, a comic he had drawn featuring their recent adventures, or rather, the adventures of the boy genius, Dynamo Girl, and the Time Slip Kid. Wow, would you look at this, Herb? They're flying over London on a bearskin rug, laughed Aunt Grace, reading the comics over Robin and Madeline's shoulders. You certainly have your dad's imagination, Alfie. And your mom's talent, added his dad, giving his shoulder a squeeze. This artwork is brilliant. Uh, why, why don't you give them your presents, Dad, said Alfie. His dad looked a little embarrassed as he handed two clumsily wrapped packages to the twins. I, I, I hope you like them. I put them together myself. Alfie beamed proudly to see the twins' faces light up as they opened their presents. Robin had a pair of brass goggles that looked like a cross between a microscope and binoculars with lots of adjustable lenses. His eyes suddenly appeared far too large for his head as he tried them on and began carefully examining his bacon and eggs. Alfie helped Madeline buckle her present around her waist. It was a belt with lots of little pouches containing string, fishing hooks, glow sticks, a first aid kit, water purification tablets, a small flashlight, and a pocket-sized survival manual. Uh, it's an adventurer's utility belt. I um, thought you might find it useful. Oh, I love it, Uncle Will, said Madeline, happily investigating the pockets. Now, uh... Now you look like you're falling straight out of Alfie's comic, laughed Granny, as the twins admired their unique presence. Okay, Mom, uh, now what did you and Dad get us? Madeline asked cheekily, cheekily. Follow me, said Uncle Herb. Alfie followed the twins as they raced out of the kitchen after their father stopping when they reached the oak trees that supported their treehouse. Alfie had been kept so busy on the farm over the last few weeks that he hadn't noticed a large tarpaulin draped over the treehouse. By the puzzled look on the twins' faces, they hadn't noticed either. Two ropes hung down from it, and Uncle Herb instructed Robin and Madeline to take one each. Okay, now, on the count of three. One, two, three, pull! The twins pulled on the ropes and the tarpaulin fell away to reveal a completely renovated treehouse sitting high among the bird nest in the entwined branches of the two oak trees. There were now two structures linked by rope ladders. The original one had been given a fresh coat of paint and all of the rotten boards and broken window panes had been replaced. 
Uncle Herb had even built a lookout tower near the top of the trees and fitted solar panels to power a socket and small heater in each room. The rope bridges in between were strung with outdoor lanterns to light the way in the dark. The twins yelled in delight and scrambled up through the branches to explore their new hideaway. Alfie followed hot on their heels. Even though he had his own castle, he couldn't help but feel a little envious of the treehouse. That afternoon, Alfie was pleased to see that nearly everyone in their class had turned up for Madeline and Robin's party in the barn. The treehouse was a subject of much envy. All of the twins' friends demanded to be invited for a sleepover. Alfie was glad that he was automatically top of the list. Holly and Jimmy were the first of the others to receive an invitation to stay at what Madeline had named Oak Tree Lodge. It'll have to be next weekend, though, announced Robin, as Holly and Jimmy groaned with disappointment. Uh, There are a few things we have to do first, he winked at Alfie and Madeline. Tell you later, he whispered. Granny had set up targets on hay bales and gave the children archery lessons with Madeline and Robin's old longbows. Alfie was in awe of her skills. She had even competed professionally for a while. She had been training the twins for a few years, and they had already won several competitions. At the end of the lesson, the twins put on a demonstration. Their favorite trick was to shoot arrows through apples balanced on the head of their dad's favorite scarecrow. Uh, remind us never to upset your cousins there, uh, Jimmy whispered as the proud twins rejoined the group with their skewered apples. Or your grandmother. Time passed. Why didn't you want Holly and Jimmy to stay tonight? Alfie asked as, his twins, as the twins finally waved goodbye to the last of the party guests. It would have been fun to have a sleepover. Don't you know what tonight is? asked Robin. It's a new moon. Oh, yes. Oh, that's perfect, cried Madeline. Alfie, the wrestlers will be out tonight. We can stay in the treehouse and keep watch for them. You still want to do that? Asked Alfie in surprise. After what happened to Mrs. Emmett? Yes, said Robin firmly. Especially after what happened to Mrs. Emmett. She was awful, but we owe it to her to find out exactly who did that to her. We'll be safe if we just stay in the treehouse. We can take pictures and pass them on to the police. Alfie felt very proud of his cousins at that moment. They were prepared to lie in wait for dangerous criminals, all for a woman who had earned them a telling off for nearly every weeks of their life. We should ask, we should ask Artan if he wants to join us, he said with a smile. He could help us scout the area. I'm sure he'd enjoy the adventure. Brilliant plan, said Robin. I thought even, I never, I hadn't even ever thought of that. Sorry about that, kids. That night, Alfie sat in the treehouse with his cousins, laying careful plans. Granny and his dad were staying over after the party, and it seemed an age before the lights in the farmhouse kitchen finally went out as the adults headed up to bed. Right, let's set up. He wrapped his blanket around his shoulders and climbed up to the lookout, followed by the twins. The lanterns hanging through the branches of the trees looked beautiful in the darkness, but Robin switched them off to make the trees less conspicuous. Robin set his telescope and camera in front of the window that faced the cattle shed. Alfie blew a few blasts on the whistle to summon Artan. The bear had told him that the whistle would work from anywhere, 
but he still wasn't sure how that was possible from a mile away. He realized he needn't have worried when there was a loud thump from the roof. Artan's large fuzzy head appeared upside down in one of the windows. Hello, young ones. May I join you in your sylvan abode? He means the treehouse, said Robin, unable to resist translating. Alfie pulled Artan through the window and helped, helped him prop himself up over a stool. The bear lay with his head on his forepaws as Alfie told him about the stakeout. Mm, no one steals from my friends. We'll hunt them down. We'll chase them into the... Shh! Alfie clamped his hands over the bear's snout and pointed toward, toward the farmhouse. You'll wake everybody up. Sorry, whispered Artan as quietly as he could manage, which was still quite loud. Robin had figured out that the animals were always taken between two and four o'clock. To kill time, he had brought a board game he had made himself, Minotaur's Labyrinth. Alfie chose to play as the Minotaur, while Robin and Madeline played as Greek heroes. Artan had taken up a position, lookout position on the roof. Alfie enjoyed hearing the occasional consent, contented mmm from the cattle shed as they played several games, swapping the role of the Minotaur each time. Well, that was rubbish, said Madeline, flipping the board as she lost for the third time in a row. This is why computer games got invented. Robin's watch beeped to let them know it was two o'clock. Alfie was starting to feel cramped in the lookout. I'm just going to pop upstairs for a bit. He clambered outside before Robin could protest, hoisting himself up onto the roof. He laid down on Artan's furry back, resting his chin on the bear's head. See anything yet? Mm, nothing but bats. Artan rippled a little as he sighed and turned his head toward the shadowy shape on the forest at the foot of the hills. I remember when those trees spread for miles across most of the farmland, he said wistfully. I don't remember much, but I know that I was happy there. Alfie rolled onto his back and looked up through the branches at the night sky as a warm breeze rustled the leaves around him. It still amazed him that he could see so many stars in the countryside. Psst, Alfie, hissed Robin from below. Eyes right. Alfie looked and saw headlights bobbing across a lane between fields about half a mile away. He zoomed in with his binoculars and described what he could see to his cousins. It's an old army-style jeep pulling a horse trailer. There's only one man in it. He's wearing a flat cap, so I can't see his face. Okay, false alarm, Robin replied. It's just Timmy's dad. He went to pick up some horses from the Lake District after the party. Alfie watched Mr. Feeney unload two horses, then spend a while getting them settled in their new stable before heading into the house. Ten minutes later, the lights went out and everything was still once again. It was now half past three in the morning. Alfie was trying to decide whether or not he needed the toilet enough to make the climb down the tree. 
he had just about motivated himself when a huge dark shadow swooped down toward the Feeney farm. He froze. Artan growled softly as it landed silently on top of the stables, paused for a moment, then took off and glided to the roofs of several other outbuildings. Slowly, Alfie reached down, his eyes fixed on the creature as he rapped gently on the side of the lookout. What is it? whispered back Madeline. I can't see to photograph it through the branches. Alfie strained to see through the binoculars, but it was too dark. A minute later, it was in the air again, sailing to within a hundred yards of the trees. He could barely make out its shape, but it was easily as big as an elephant, with bat-like wings the size of two hang gliders. It landed silently on the roof of the barn where the sheep and goats were kept, folded its wings, and settled there. What was it? He lay flat and perfectly still, praying it wouldn't come anywhere near the trees. Hold on, whispered Artan. We're going for a closer look. Alfie's stomach lurched, but before he could stop him, Artan had slid silently from the treehouse, gliding low to the ground. As they drew close to the outbuildings, he flew upward and landed silently on the steeply pitched roof of the bale shed. They both peered over the ridge at the creature, which seemed to be sniffing around on the roof of the barn, scenting the animals asleep below. Alfie could just make out the silhouette of its spiny back against the starry night sky. A long, whip-like tail snaked up from the roof, slowly swishing from side to side in the same way as Galileo's when he was getting ready to pounce. At the moment, it seemed too distracted by the food below to take notice of anything else. It began scratching at the plastic sheeting Uncle Herb had used to patch a hole in the roof. Soon, it had torn away the plastic and was dipping his head down into the barn. Alfie tried to push himself up a little higher with his toes, but only succeeded in dislodging one of the roof tiles. He desperately tried to hold onto it with the tip of his sneaker, but it was made of heavy slate and slid away from him, clattering down the roof before getting caught on the moss. It was the loudest sound he had heard in his entire life. When he could finally bear to open his eyes, the creature was still and alert, scanning the farmyard for the source of the noise. Alfie lay low, holding his breath. As he turned, as it turned toward the bell shed, then paused as if it knew he was there. His tail began to swish again and caught the plastic sheeting it had torn up, knocking it down into the barn. The stillness was instantly broken by a goat bleeding and within seconds, the whole barn was alive with baaing sheep and goats. The creature stomped in frustration on the barn roof. Spreading its massive massive wings, it glared directly over at where Alvi hovered on Artan's back. There was a deep snort 
and two balls of flame emerged from its nostrils as it reared up on its back legs. Alfie stared, frozen in terror, as the beast was lit up in its entirety, bat-like wings held high against the sky. Flames glinted in its greenish coppery scales as it raised two enormous heads. Alfie stared in disbelief. The rustler and the creatures that had attacked them in the sky were the same thing. The giant two-headed dragon right in front of him. He needed to get as far away from it as he possibly could, but Artan seemed to know that it would give chase the second he took flight. As the light of the flame died away, someone in the house switched on the floodlights and the farmyard lit up as bright as day. The dragon let out a low hiss, beat its powerful wings, wings twice, and shot upward into the night, the breeze nearly sweeping Artan from the roof. By the time the adults ran outside in their pajamas, it had disappeared from view. Quick, head to the trees, Alfie hissed to the bear. Artan launched himself into the air and swooped down to skim the grass by the oaks. Alfie leapt from his back and began to climb the tree, calling to the bear, Go back to the castle! I'll see you tomorrow! Artan had only just made himself scarce when Alfie's dad and Aunt Grace ran toward the treehouse calling up to the children. Granny, heading for the barn with Uncle Herb, who was gripping his shotgun, ready to confront whatever had was disturbing his sheep. After half an hour helping to calm the animals and secure the barn and outhouses, Alfie was back in the farmhouse kitchen sharing tea and toast as Robin and Madeline explained what they had seen. It was huge, announced Madeline, with massive wings. It flew right over us to our barn. It was as big as a plane. A very small plane, Robin interrupted quickly. It was really big, though. Alfie had also seen his aunt and uncle glance at each other. It was obvious that the adults thought they were exaggerating. Uh, it could have been an eagle owl. True, said Uncle Herb, rubbing his whiskers. A friend of mine down in Dunsop Bridge said there's a nesting pair not far from his farm. We thought it might be a bird when we first saw it, but it really wasn't, insisted Madeline as the conversation turned to how heavy a lamb an eagle owl could carry. Alfie saw it, didn't you? Tell them it wasn't an owl. Everyone looked at Alfie. His mouth opened and closed uselessly as he tried to figure out what to say. Telling them that he had seen a two-headed dragon certainly wasn't going to make Madeline's story any more convincing. He could hardly believe it himself, and he had seen it with his own eyes. Tell them what you saw, Alfie, she pleaded. He saw it up close. He flew over with Artan, and they watched it from the roof of the bale shed. Flew, smiled Aunt Grace, pulling Madeline onto her knee. And and who is our tan pumpkin? Alfie groaned inwardly as he realized what was about to happen. He's he's Alfie's flying bear, said Madeline, looking up at the adults who were starting to smile. He's a live bear. He's not, wait, no, he's not a live bear. He's a bearskin rug, she added as her mother began to laugh. It's true. Stop laughing at me. 
He flew Alfie over to look at the thing on the roof. It, it wasn't an eagle owl, was it, Robin? We've seen it before. It chased us on the way back from London. It was a dragon. I'm sure it was. Alfie felt helpless as everyone collapsed into full-blown laughter. Isn't that the story in Alfie's comic? asked Aunt Grace. Is this a preview of the next issue? Oh, I wish you were this dedicated to your homework. Madeline looked at Alfie and Robin tearfully. Alfie still couldn't think of a single word to help her. He wasn't going to tell them about Artan. He'd never be allowed to fly again. He raised his hands helplessly as Madeline pushed her way out of her mother's arms and ran out of the kitchen, slamming the door behind her. As the adults wiped their eyes and tried to stop laughing, he heard Madeline scream in anger and stomp upstairs to her room. Well, she's been, it's been quite a birthday this year, hasn't it? said Granny, getting up and planting a kiss on each of the boys' foreheads. Oh, I hope you two weren't trying to frighten Madeline out there. I'd have been scared to see that bird that size at night. <laughs> Never mind a dragon. The treehouse was off limits for the rest of the night. So Alfie was back in the top bunk bed in Robin's room. As Uncle Herb began to snore, in the bedroom next door, he leaned over the edge of his mattress to whisper down to Robin about the dragon on the barn. It's just unbelievable, said Robin. There's, that's what really chased us, a dragon. I mean, I've read stories about them that say they died out or were killed by knights, but I never thought they really existed. Where do you think this one came from? Don't ask me, said Alfie. But remember Granny told us that animals have been disappearing from this area since before her granddad's time. What if it has always nested around here, coming to steal animals every new moon? For hundreds of years, whispered Robin. It must have hidden itself well. Why do you think it's being more reckless now? What do you mean? asked Alfie. Well... No one has ever seen any sign of it before, right? It seems weird that we've encountered it twice since the castle reopened and you arriving back in Hexbridge with Orin's magic. Alfie chewed his lip. Could Robin be right? Dragons were supposed to be magical creatures. Had it sensed the magic inside him that night in the sky? Or was it the castle itself that it was interested in? Do you think Maddie is asleep? Should we go and tell her? Are you kidding? Asked Robin incredulously. I'd rather face the dragon. We'll be lucky if she speaks to us again this year. Never mind tonight. Alfie barely heard his cousin. A terrible image had popped into his head that kept him awake long after Robin had drifted off to sleep. As Alfie lay in the top bunk, staring up at the ceiling, all he could think all he could think about was the blackened patch of earth where they had found Mrs. Emmett's melted glass eye.